Just take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I've been thinking about the Lord's Prayer and thinking about the Lord's Prayer not just as a model for our prayers, for it is that, and you remember you've been asked to uh, be praying the Lord's Prayer on a regular basis just so that you will have some idea about it, but also what does it mean in regards to our relationship to God? What does it say about our relationship to God and how we are supposed to relate before Him? So we're going to be thinking about today, your kingdom come. Now, we live in a democracy. We elect our representatives. Some of them we probably shouldn't have. <laughs> but, you know, we live in a representative form of government. Throughout most of history, the major way that people were ruled in government was with a king. And so when Jesus was talking to the people about, you know, recognizing that we're telling them that God is a king and that he has a kingdom, they completely understood what he was talking about. So we're going to think about that this morning when we're thinking about God being our king. Look at verse uh, 10 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said that when we pray, some of the things we're supposed to pray is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, what that says to us is that God is king. King is ruler. The king is the one who is supreme. The king is the one who has absolute power. The, the king is the one who's the, the foremost one in a particular class. You know, we talk about the lion being the king of beasts. King is one who is at the top at a particular spear. You might say that Peyton Manning is the king of touchdowns. God is the absolute king. He has absolute power. He reigns over all. Now, his reign is perfect in heaven. One day, his reign will be perfect on earth. One day, it will be over all. And when that takes place, then all of his enemies will be defeated. He will establish justice everywhere. There will be righteousness and there will be peace. So God is king, and as king, he has a kingdom. Now, a kingdom is the area where a king rules. It's his realm. It's his domain. God's kingdom will one day be over all. Now, understand something. When Jesus said your kingdom come, didn't mean that God didn't already have a kingdom. He does. But it's going to come in its fullness. It's going to come in its completeness at some time in the future. Simply stated, the kingdom of God is His rule. And when we pray, Your kingdom come, we are looking for the kingdom and we're longing for the kingdom to be established everywhere, including in our lives. So God is King. And his kingdom is eternal, and his kingdom is present. First of all, his kingdom is eternal. Matthew chapter 25, we read these words. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, who you, come you who were blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. The kingdom is already 
in existence. God has a kingdom, and it is a prepared kingdom. And it was prepared so that not only does God rule in it, but we have the, uh, the great gift to be able to participate with Him in it. It's a prepared kingdom, and it will never end. Do you remember when the angel came to the Virgin Mary and gave her the announcement that she was going to have the son who would be the Messiah? Listen to what he said. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. God's kingdom is an eternal kingdom. That kingdom will never pass away. It will never fizzle out. It will never disappear. It's there forever. It's the lasting kingdom. And it's the only kingdom that is lasting. Think about it. Think of all of the kings who have ruled since the beginning of the world. They've passed away. Think about all of the civilizations that have been. Many of them are gone. Think about all of the nations that have been. They fizzle and die as well. What's your kingdom? What are you investing in? You investing in the stock market? Well, that might be a good idea for retirement, but you better be careful what you invest in because some of those investments pass away, don't they? What are you investing in? You're investing in yourself? You're making sure you eat right? You're making sure you get enough exercise? You're making sure you get enough sleep? You're making sure you're staying healthy? Uh, well, great. We're supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to take care of our body. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. But sooner or later, this body's going to be gone. It doesn't last. What lasts? Just the kingdom of God. That's what the lasting thing is that we can be a part of. Think about it. If you placed your future in passing things or in the lasting kingdom, something we need to give careful consideration. God's kingdom will never pass away. It is an eternal kingdom. It's what's going to last. It's what's going to keep us. When we pray, your kingdom come, we are recognizing that God's ultimate rule is simply a matter of time. And we are also committing ourselves to participate in seeing it unfold. In other words, we get to have the opportunity to have a part in it and to be able to be in His kingdom now and in His kingdom forever. God's kingdom is eternal. God's kingdom is also present. Luke chapter 17. Listen to these words. Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you if you are a believer. It's already broken into your life. It's already present in your life. Because when you receive Jesus, you receive Him as Lord. Now, it's not something we have to wait for. The benefits are here now. We have 
the presence of God with us now. We have the comfort of God with us now. We have God's guidance now. We have His provision now. We have His help now. We have His listening ear now. We have His salvation now. It's all present. That part of God's rule has already come when we receive Jesus as Savior. The benefits are here now. And the kingdom is present whenever someone accepts Jesus as Savior. The kingdom is coming. Thy kingdom come. We're praying for it to come into more and more and more lives so that they can be a part of God's lasting kingdom and a part of it forever. Thy kingdom come. Something else about it, it's a growing kingdom. Again, Matthew chapter, first, chapter 13. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked its way all through the dough. Starts out small, grows large, starts out without much fanfare, without much knowledge. You don't hear yeast working, but it spreads throughout the dough. The kingdom of God was that way. It broke in with the coming of Jesus into this world. He chose 12 men, one of them, Judas. Ended up with 11. And today, millions and millions, yes, billions of people acknowledge Jesus as Lord. The kingdom has exploded and it's still spreading. It's still growing. It's still the thing that's going to consume all. Now, what is our role in God's kingdom? We as Christians and we as a church are part of the kingdom of God. You ever started stop to think that this church is larger than it's a part of something larger than itself? It's larger than the association. It's larger than the denomination. We're we're part of something that's the largest thing there is: the kingdom of God, the most lasting thing there is: the kingdom of God. We've already seen how when we become believers, we become part of that kingdom. So we're part of that kingdom, and we need God's direction so that we know where He wants us to go as His individual followers, and as a church. What does he want us doing in his kingdom? And you call me here to be your transitional pastor. The transitional program is a way to seek and find our role as a church in the kingdom of God. You see, it's not just about our church. It's about the kingdom. And it's about being part of the kingdom and it's about being an important part of the kingdom and a working part of the kingdom. So the transitional program is not a human effort to attempt to say, okay, we see this going on now and we believe that you know, this is probably going to take place in the future. That's just a human effort. The kingdom doesn't come by human effort. Rather, it's that we look at what we are, what God has made us, what gifts He's given us, what people He's 
put in our midst who could do certain things. He helps us to see who we are. And then He helps us to do what He wants us to do. Now, there's some things just that God wants us to do in general. Generally, overall, what God wants us to do is take people who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, help them to come to the place where they accept Him as the Savior, help them to grow as disciples, and to become, they come mature, multiplying disciples. That's, that's what we're supposed to be about overall. Now, we do certain things to help that happen. We worship, we do Bible study, we do discipleship training, we fellowship with one another, we engage in evangelism and missions, we, we try to serve others. Yeah. Those are givens. But how does God want us to put all of that together? We need His direction and His help for that. And so we are seeking to spiritually pre prepare ourselves for the opportunities He's going to give us. He's got something in mind for us as part of His kingdom. And we get ready and then we follow to see where He's going to lead us. We, we discern the vision God has for our church. Be careful. It's so easy for us to have a vision of what we think our church ought to be rather than seeking out what God wants our church to be. We think sometimes we know what God wants us to do when it's really what we want us to do instead of what God wants us to do. So, so a part of this process is just coming before God as individual members of this church and as groups of people of this church when we come together to pray, God, show us your vision. Show us your direction. Keep us open to where you are leading us. We're preparing for kingdom growth. And hopefully church growth might be you know, a, a part of that. Not necessarily, but it very well may be. Now, to seek out this role, we as a congregation have got to wrestle with two questions. One of those questions is, are we future-minded? Are we future-minded? Do, do you remember when Jesus was on trial before Pilate? And, you know, he had been taken to Pilate because, you know, the Jews had trumped up the charge and said he's going to take Caesar's place. He wants to be king. Well, Pilate's got Jesus before him. Pilate knows that Caesar is king, not Jesus. And he's looking at Jesus and thinking, that's not a king. And so he asked him, are you a king? Jesus said, my kingdom is not as this world. Now, he was acknowledging that he was the king. And he is the king. And he always will be the king. But he said, my kingdom is not of this world. What was he talking about? What do you mean by that? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 gives us some idea. This is verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Pilate had his eyes on what is seen. The, the things we could see, the things we could hear, the things we could touch, the things we could measure, the things we could study. That's where most people put their emphasis. The things that are seen. Jesus said, my kingdom isn't of this world. It's an unseen kingdom. But it's more real 
And it's surely more lasting than the things that are seen. Jesus' kingdom is an unseen kingdom. Jesus' kingdom is already breaking in. It started breaking in when Jesus came to this earth. It breaks in every time someone receives Jesus as Savior. It expands and it grows and it moves forward and it's going to reach a culmination because one day Jesus is going to return. He's going to come back in power and in glory and completely destroy His enemies and establish the rule of God completely over all for all time. But we've got to ask ourselves, this question, are we living according to the future reality that is already breaking in or not? Are we living according to how it's going to be according to what Jesus says? If we're going to move into God's future, our focus must be on the future and not the past. Nothing the matter with looking back at the past, celebrating the past, being happy what God has done in the past, but that's not to be our focus. Most of you know that I was pastor in Newberry County for 30 years. Newberry County is not a very populated county. There's about 40,000 people in the whole county. In Newberry County, there are about 200 churches. There are a lot of churches in Newberry County. Now, because there are so many churches, the Newsberry Observer, which is a three-day-a-week newspaper published in Newberry, would often publish stories about some of the churches in the county. And, you know, they would go and ask the people in the church, say, okay, tell us what you want in this article. We've got to answer these questions for us. Okay, most of those articles were about the past. Our church was established in 1759. We're one of the oldest churches in the county. We've been here for so many years. You know, we, we you know, did this in you know, the 1800s. We did this in the early 1900s, and we built a new sanctuary in 1950. And, you know, that, that's pretty much what it was. The focus was on the past. Some of the time you get something, right now we're doing this, and, you know, we, you know, we got this going on and that going on. Very rarely... In fact, I don't even remember ever reading one of those articles that had a future focus. And you know what? Just about all of the churches in Newberry County are declining. A part of it's sociological trends, but a bigger part of it is you can't live in the past. You can't recreate the past. God doesn't want us in the past. He's coming into our presence and He's already moved out into the future. If we're going to follow Him, we must be future focused. We must see where He is going and follow Him there. Are we future minded? And then the other question is, are we producing kingdom fruit? Matthew chapter 21 verse 43. Jesus said this, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Now doesn't that make sense? You know, if, if we're entrusted with the kingdom, the part of it that he's going to let us be entrusted with, you know, and we're not doing with it what he wants us to do, we're not working like he wants us to work, uh, he's going to just go to somebody else. 
You do a thing. You don't do that same thing. Stop and think about it. Your light bulb burns out. You're going to keep it. Now you're going to throw it away or recycle it. Fellas, if you get up and you start shaving and your ravers are so dull it won't cut the whiskers off your face, do you keep it? Do you put a little, build a little monument to it? No, you throw the thing away and you get one that will do the work. Jesus says that's the way it is in the kingdom. Listen to what he said in Luke chapter 15. Excuse me, Luke 13. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Do you ever stop to think that sometimes we're living in the grace of one more year that God is going to tolerate our being unproductive and giving us a chance to get productive? You know, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to be fruitless in the kingdom. Uselessness in the kingdom, even for a church, is an invitation to disaster. Remember when we were looking at the churches in Revelation? And a couple of those churches, Jesus came to them and said, I'm going to take my lampstand out of you if you don't straighten up. What is he saying? I'm going, to, I'm going to pull my Holy Spirit out. You may be an institution. You may go through the motions, but you won't be a church any longer. Not a kingdom church. Happens to a lot of churches. Once there was a pretty thriving church in northern Africa. Once there was a pretty thriving church in Central Asia. I'm talking about numerous churches, not just one. They got inbred. They, they got where they were putting all the emphasis on the institution. They neglected to do evangelism. They wouldn't follow where God was leading them. And by and large, they're gone. Uselessness is not something God tolerates in His kingdom. As a church, we need to be fruitful. As individual believers, we need to be fruitful. We need to be growing in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. More and more fruitful. We, we need to be uh, involved in sharing the good news and letting it, people know that, hey, we belong to Jesus and He's made a difference in our lives and through our words and through, through our ministries. We, we touch people's lives. We give them help and we tell them why. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. We get fruitful when we let God's will be done in our lives. Now, how do we become a part of the kingdom? Jesus told us. Matthew chapter 4. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's right at the door. It's close by. And Jesus said, Repent. Jesus' message was repent. Look at his ministry. Sometimes he would say things like in Luke 13, 3, repent. And if you don't, you will perish. Meaning to die eternally. 
the message of the early church was repent. Simon Peter preached, said repent and turn to God so that your sins may be forgiven. God wants us to come to repentance. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. His goodness draws us to repentance. His kindness and His goodness helps us to see that He's a good God. We ought to come to that good God. He calls, Jesus came to call us to repentance. He said, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We enter the kingdom through repentance. Repentance is a change of mind. You know, I'm changing my mind about what's real and lasting. It's a change of heart. My allegiance is no longer with the things of this world. My allegiance is with the things of the world to come. It's a change of direction. No longer am I following my own ideas and the ways of the world. I'm following God and His ideas. And part of repenting means that we move out of the worldly kingdoms into God's kingdom. And it has different values. It has different behaviors. And it has different goals. Listen to what the Scripture says in Colossians. For He, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. There's a kingdom of darkness. And until we enter the kingdom of God, we're in that kingdom of darkness. And it's going to be destroyed in hell. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Oh, what a good God that gives us the opportunity to become a part of the kingdom of the Son He loves. The Son He loves and who did so much for us, who obeyed God, we could come to Him. So the invitation today is to realize that the kingdom of the world is passing away. Don't you want to enter God's kingdom? Receive Jesus as your Savior. Be forgiven of your sin. Have eternal life. Be able to live forever in that kingdom. Or the invitation, if you are a believer, a member of this church, is rededicating yourself to helping this church find and follow God's will for us as we seek to be what He wants us to be in the kingdom of God. Our invitation hymn is number 437.